Hey everyone, this is Bola and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. So on this episode today, I'm going to be talking through some financial advice I would give my younger self. So if I could have a conversation with the younger Bola, I would tell her these things so that she can apply them as she makes money decisions. So these are basically the things that I would tell myself to do or not to do if I could rewind time by 10 or 15 years. But before we get into today's topic, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to leave a review so that other people can find it as well. And also head over to clevergirlfinance.com and subscribe there too so that you can become a part of my awesome community of women who are working hard towards their goals to ditch debt, save money and build real wealth. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. So the advice that I'm going to give my younger self today um, ties back to decisions that I made as young Bola that had the biggest impact on my finances and where I am today. So the decisions were good in many instances, I could have done better, or they were just really bad money decisions. So let's kick things off with my first piece of advice that I would give my younger self. Number one. I would tell myself to set loftier savings goals right after college. So if you follow Clever Girl Finance or or you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard um, my story or read my story about how I saved $100,000 right after college without, without making six figures. And the reason why I talk about that story a lot is because that period of time, those three, three and a half years were a major catalyst into my financial journey and where I am right now. And it set the foundation for everything else I did afterwards when it come, when it came to um, financial achievements. However, when I came out of college, um, I didn't really have any major savings goals. I mean, I had a major savings goal and it was to save as much as I could, but I didn't have any specific, that's the word, specific savings goals. And I think because I didn't set a specific goal that when I got to my $100,000, I kind of got comfortable. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I would tell myself to set, you know, loftier, more specific savings goals. And I know that saving as much as you can sounds like a big goal. However, because I didn't assign a specific amount to it, um, I feel like once I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, wow, I have $100,000, I started getting comfortable and I stopped saving as much. I kept saving, but I cut my savings by 10%, then by 20%. And then for a period of two to three years after I had you know, crossed over the $100,000 mark, I was kind of in that comfortable space of comfortable savings and not aggressive savings. So I would tell myself to set a savings goal like $150,000 or $200,000 and challenge myself to actually get to it. That way, when I got to my, or when I get to that $100,000 mark, I don't start feeling comfortable and I realize that, oh my God, I still have another 50K or another 100K I need to save within the same time period. So that's my advice, number one, to myself. Number two, I would tell myself to max out my 401k contributions as soon as I got my first job and I was eligible to contribute to a 401k. And for those of you who don't know what a 401k is, it is an employer-sponsored retirement account that allows you to save money with specific tax benefits. And when I first started working, when I got my first job, I had no idea what a 401k was. All I knew was that at orientation, I'd been told that I was going to get free money up to 6% um, for every dollar I contributed to my 401k. And so I just took the free money. However, um, 
it took me a while to actually get to the point where I was able to max out. Um, actually, I think it was a couple of years because I just didn't see the importance of it. I didn't know what it was. And as I became more knowledgeable and I started to educate myself about finances, I realized that this is something I needed to be taking advantage of. So I feel like for those few years where I wasn't maxing out, I lost the opportunity to be investing and in turn the opportunity to grow my money and be able to save even more money. And so max out your 401k. Um, a lot of people are will tell you that 401ks are not a great place to invest because they're expensive and because the options you have to invest in are limited to what your company has negotiated with a brokerage firm. So basically in a 401k, um, you don't have the option to invest in anything you want. You can only invest in the funds that are available, available to you through your job. So you can't buy like, you know, if you want to buy different index funds or specific funds that you have heard about, you may not have access to them through your 401k. However, you know, a lot of people, when they first get exposed to investing, it is through their 401k. And even though the fees are slightly higher than if you were investing on your own, um, investing in 401k is just a very easy way to invest. For me, um, when I first graduated from college, it was the easiest, most least painful way for me to to save and invest my money, especially since I didn't really know much about the stock market. So it's a great place to start. And don't worry too much about the fees, to be honest. Um, most people do not stay in um, jobs long term. Most people are not in careers for, you know, at the same company for 30, 40 years anymore. Things have changed. And so when you do leave your job, you want to ensure that you roll over your 401k into an IRA. And by rolling it over into an IRA, you are exposed to the entire stock market. You can buy anything you want pretty much, and you can pick and choose what you pay in fees when you invest. But at the same time, you want to make sure that you're educating yourself on exactly where you're putting your money. Even if it's just in your 401k, you want to understand what funds you're investing in, um, understand what the expense ratios are. And I know I mentioned don't worry about the fees, but I mean it in the context of, you know, don't let a fee stop you from investing in your 401k if you know that that is one way that you can one way that it's going to be easy for you to invest your money. That's what I meant by that. So yeah, my advice number two would be max out your 401k savings, Bola. Just do it. Number three, I would tell myself to buy way fewer handbags, like way fewer. So, and I don't even know how I feel about talking about this because this this decision that I made you know, over the couple of years where I was buying handbags, it really hurts me to my my core, <laughs> to my soul. But I'll tell you what happened. So I got to the point where I had saved over $100,000. I felt like I had money now. I have money in the bank now. I can relax. I deserve something. And so basically what happened after I got to that $100,000 mark and $130,000 mark around then I started feeling comfortable and I started feeling like, you know, I had restricted myself so much and I deserved something nice. And so one thing that I had always wanted was a Chanel handbag. And so I told myself that, okay, you know what, I'm going to go buy myself a bag, um, put money aside for it. And I did that. The first Chanel handbag I bought cost me, and don't judge, it was $2,000. $850. It was a Chanel jumbo. It was black with gold hardware. If you guys are familiar with the handbags, you know what I'm talking about. And that was just my holy grail. I loved that bag. I wore it all the time. I kept it in pristine condition. And 
for whatever reason, I chose not to stop there. And so I got really relaxed with my savings to the point where I was still saving money, right? I wasn't spending my savings on handbags. I just wasn't saving as much. So I was not saving as much. Let's say I cut back on savings by 20, 30 or 40%. I was no longer the aggressive saver. I was now a comfortable saver. So I was still, you know, putting money into my bank accounts. At this time, I was maxing out my 401k, but I was like, you know what? I can buy handbags. And so I got into this habit where I started buying handbags every few months. And, you know, it got to a point where I really was only using one or two of them and the other ones were pretty much near perfect, brand new, sitting in my closet and they cost me a ton of money and I was just never using them. So I decided to, after a couple years, a few years, to sell my handbags. And because I had kept them in pristine condition and because they were by a specific brand, Chanel, that had been doing ridiculous price increases, I was able to sell them at a profit. So that sounds like a win-win situation, right? So for example... One of the first Chanel handbags I bought for $28.50, I sold it for almost $6,000 a few years later. However, when I think back to what else I could have been doing with my money, specifically investing, it really hurts my soul. So at the time I was saving, I had gotten to that 100K mark, I had started learning about investing. And one of the stocks that I was looking into investing and I had invested a little bit in was Amazon. So let's say I had taken that $28.50 and invested it in Amazon way back then. Right now, that $28.50 um, would be over $35,000. So yes, I sold you know those handbags for close to $6,000. So I got more than double what I had paid for them originally, but I could have had $35,000 for just that one $28.50 expense. So yeah, lost opportunity. Um, it hurts my soul. And I still love my designer handbags. I definitely do, but I definitely, you know, weigh every purchase. I don't buy nearly as many. And my focus has changed now. You know, um, I still buy handbags, but they're not a priority. They're at the very bottom. I have a splurge account where I save money towards things I want to buy that are expensive, but never at the expense of my investments or my savings goals. And I am back to being an aggressive saver. And that was just one period in my life where I just like, I just went crazy because I felt rich. Um, and so, bola, buy fewer handbags. You don't need more than one or two. What are you going to do with all those bags anyway? They're going to sit in your closet. You're going to get upset with yourself because you spent all that money. You're going to have to deal with selling them. And even though you're going to make a lot of money from selling them, you're not going to make as much as you would have if you had just put that money in Amazon, girl. Okay. So number four would be to get life insurance right away. And you need more than work life insurance. So life insurance is something that a lot of people, especially young people, don't really think about. I definitely was not thinking about it. When I first started working, I did not get any life insurance. And then I eventually got work life insurance. Um, but in retrospect, I would definitely get life insurance, um, really good life insurance um, when I was younger. And the reason why I say that is because as you get older, it becomes more expensive to get life insurance. So, you know, I'm in my mid-30s now. It costs a ton more money for me to have life insurance now than it would cost if I was 21 or 25 even. 
And now that I have children, life insurance is a must. My husband and I, we both have life insurance, um, but I just waited a little too late to get life insurance, which means I'm paying more. Um, I did make one good decision with life insurance where um, one of the policies I have is a return of premium. And um, not a lot of people are fans of return of premium policies. And it's basically a premium, a life insurance premium where you get a specific coverage for a specific amount. And if you don't die, God forbid, before the policy comes to term, so let's say you got a 20, a 20 year policy, then you're going to get all the money you had put as premium payments back. So people will say that, well, you know, as opposed to making those premium payments, you could just take that money and invest it in the stock market and get a bigger return. But to me, I'm okay with having a return of premium policy because that's just another way that I diversify my overall financial portfolio. And so life insurance is something that I think is really important, um, especially if you have dependents or children. Um, and if you can get it when you're younger, definitely get it. And I'll say it this way. If you can afford to pay a $200 cable bill, if you can afford to go shopping and spend hundreds of dollars at wherever it is you go shopping, even at Starbucks, um, people spend hundreds of dollars a month, you can afford to get adequate life insurance. Life insurance is really, really, really important. And so... I would tell myself, Bola, get life insurance because the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you and you know you want to have kids and just save yourself some money. So those are the four main things that I would tell my younger self when it comes to, you know, money. And knowing those things, you know, one of the things I try to do quite frequently is take an assessment of my finances and my life to see what poor decisions I made and to see what great decisions I made and just to look at what I can learn from them. And I do this like every six months. What I, what can I learn from decisions I've made around my finances in the last six months? And how can I, how can I apply them to my current finances to, you know, just make things better, to save more, to invest more, to make sure my plan is, you know, how I want it to be. And I encourage you to do that. So, when people do things like write a letter to their younger selves, it's not about judging yourself. It's not about shaming yourself. It's not about feeling bad or regretting the decisions because at the end of the day, every bad decision I made has taught me something and has led me to where I am now. It's about taking an assessment of what happened and what can you do better going forward. So when you look at your finances and if you decide to create a list of things that you would tell your younger self about money, think about, based on that list, what can you do now to make things better? So um, think about it. And um, yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed listening into this episode today. I thought it'd be fun to talk to my younger self um, and just share that with you. Um, and so I will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye.